0: Welcome to the Twisted and Misunderstood Podcast, a discussion all about the paranormal and the differences that we all see around us in life. My name is Dominic Zenden, and I'm here today with Alison Zenden. And our topic for discussion is going to be aliens. And do aliens live amongst us? Are they here already? You know, what are UFOs? And what would we expect to find if you walk down your local high street? and you bumped into someone who wasn't from this planet. The the bit that matters is that extraterrestrial life is anything that's born off Earth. So if you're born on this planet, you're not extraterrestrial. So you may already believe in aliens and alien life because the majority of society actually believe that angels exist. So if you believe in angels you already believe in aliens so all the things we're going to talk about today are in the two books that we've published Um, myself and alison zenden have both co-authored two books we've um, written our latest book which is a rainbow of angels and the book before that which is angels on our side Now, both books have a lot of information and stories about angels and aliens and paranormal teachings, and you can buy those books on Amazon.com, or you can go onto my website, which is Mindsight.org, which is Mindsight is spelt M-Y. Hang on, let's just... um, work out how to spell Mindsight before we go any further. It's M-Y-N-D-S-I-T-E dot O-R-G. So Mindsight.org and check out the website for us. So that's the the books and the things that we actually want to bring in. I'm going to bring in Alison now and talk about maybe the different types of aliens that you can actually find or you might be aware of, or that have been documented through people you know, through books and other areas. So we're gonna start off talking about Charles Hall. So here's Alison. Alison, hi. Hi. What uh, do you what do you know about Charles Hall? Oh well,
1: yeah, well Charles Hall, he was a meteorologist in the US Army. Um, he'd always had an interest in aliens from a, from a child. and he was approached as he got older um, from a, a high up guy in the US Army. and um, he was he was taken to do the weather as a meteorologist um, on area 51, uh, where he saw aliens and I've written about this in our uh, in our book Angels on Our Side. It's all about his six years on the base, um, what he'd seen, what he'd experienced, the type of aliens that were there. A uh, really interesting guy. Yeah.
0: Okay. So he worked in the Nevada desert as a meteorologist for the U.S. Army.
1: Yes, he did, yeah.
0: And there just happened to be, on the base that he worked, aliens.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, and those yeah.
0: aliens were described as being tall whites
1: very tall up to about 10 foot some of them
0: okay and very unique in our actual atmosphere that some think of that nature would actually be able to survive under our gravity because it must have been very stressful for them being so tall and being so brittle. their bones were very brittle, and i think that they Mm -hmm. were very prone to injury very prone yeah But the interesting part of the tall whites were that they traveled with their children, and they were very protective of their children. Now, when we talk about tall whites, we're talking about aliens that are very thin. They're very pale skinned. They were blonde, And they were actually here to find out as much as they could about our species. So they were here studying us while we were studying them. And Charles Hall talks about his interaction with the Tall Whites. He talks about how normal they are, really, and um, how much they enjoyed going into places like Las Vegas in disguise. You know, do, you, do you remember, Alison, about the, the ones that went gambling in the oh, casinos? Gosh.
1: Yeah, I've written about that as well. Yes, they used to dress up in wigs and hats and long dresses and big sunglasses to hide their eyes as well. Um, they they love nothing more than going in there and seeing all the bright lights and uh, even having a go. And I think that uh, Charles Hall went as well, um, a few other people too. They just went, it's a big group. And so they got lost within the group.
0: So so they're very normal. And, very normal. And it's very likely that every now and again you may actually see an alien walking the streets, walking amongst us. And we were fortunate enough, one. One morning in, in a city, not not that too far away from our home, to actually see a tall white walking through a shopping centre. Do you remember that? <laughs>
1: I do, yeah. It wasn't that long ago, actually, was it? it was, um, yeah, one, one morning we were just walking along and saw this really, really tall, blonde, thin sort of woman um you saw her first i I would have just thought that she was a tall thin woman really that looked almost yeah sort of human-like but i didn't actually see her face at the time i just saw the back of her
0: well all aliens are bipods they all got two legs two arms the ones that we've come across and their home planets the gravity dictates the way that they grow so tall whites very light gravity on their planet, their home planet. So they grow tall and long, and they grow throughout their lifetimes. They don't stop growing. So when you come across a tall white, the chances are, if you were to meet him 10 years later or her, they would be grown another foot, which is something very foreign to us. But the thing also that matters is that these tall whites don't heal very easily. So it takes them a long time. If they break a bone, they're very vulnerable. To, to breakages and they take some such a long time to heal and Charles Hall, Charles Hall documented this in his in his book about the the two whites but the one we saw in, in, a, in a large city center in a, in a shopping center in a large city center yeah. was very obvious and it was I think because we knew or I knew what I was looking for, you could see it. I think if you hadn't been or hadn't written about them or read about them, You might just have walked past. So it's very easy to walk past aliens. Now, we had another experience, didn't we, in London, Alison?
1: Oh, gosh, yes, we did. (laughs) Yeah, it was on the train, actually. Um, We were on the uh, tube, and uh, we were just sort of crowded in with loads of people. So everyone was on their mobile phones with their heads down, as they normally are. Um, And, yeah, there was this sort of little stocky guy right in front of us, I mean, hardly a foot away. Um, I wasn't sure at the time who he was or what he was. Uh, looked a little bit stocky, little bit n- no hair. looked rather um, big, big, bigish head, I would say, really more than anything. But I wasn't exactly sure exactly what he was or who he was. But you, you sort of knew yeah, it, exactly, I think.
0: If I was to describe him, I would say he's about five foot tall. He was um, dark skinned. He had um, no hair. Eyebrows have been tattooed onto his forehead his head was larger than you would normally notice but in london it's the best place to see aliens because they fit in there's so many diverse cultures around that area and the one we bumped into literally standing across on a tube train from where we were sitting and i i first noticed him because he was looking down and he had what looked to be a mobile phone but he wasn't talking at it but he had it very close to his ear and sort of looked at Alison and looked away and looked back at the the, the alien again, and sort of said to Alison, "Look, have a look. Be you know, do it discreetly, but have a look." And she did, and we both agreed that it was a little bit strange to see this sort of um, five foot four sort you know sentient being. Just across the way for me, I noticed that he had a different aura because the energy fields around people I can I can notice that and he didn't look totally that he fitted in. He was slightly out of place. So I believe that that was an alien, but living, maybe even looking around London, using the, the public transport to actually get about and, and trying to fit in the best way he possibly could. The strange thing about this was as soon as we noticed him, he got off the train, didn't he? He did.
1: Yeah. 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 Immediately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Next stop, he was off. And I remember it was on the Northern Line because we were going from Oxford Circus to Stanmore Park. And he got off at Queensbury Park, which is a really quite a small you know, Suburban Station is it's not one of the, the main stays on that line. You've got quite a few main stations on the, the Northern Line. You've got things like um, you've got Stanmore Park, which is a huge, great big sort of um, place where lots of people live. But you've also got Wembley Park Station. And if you go down, you've got the bank and you've got Embankment. You've got a lot of, lot of major stops there. And he got off a really quiet stop it did make me wonder whether he felt that we had noticed him and he wanted to get off so we wouldn't actually question or say anything to be quite honest with you i was i wasn't in the in mindset to question him because i was a little bit shocked to see him there i wasn't expecting to to see an alien sitting in the same tube carriage as what we were but the fact that he was there was was something that we we've always remembered haven't we
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. We've, we've put it in the book as well. So uh, yeah, yeah. there's a little paragraph on that. So it was, uh, so, yeah, something very, very special that I will never really forget. Um, yeah, all I remember, he was like a stocky sort of bald guy here. And, and as you say, he had a tattooed eyebrows and that sort of thing. Here.
0: Okay. So that was one another alien that we, we encountered, but we also encountered a few in Malta. We, we, we went to Malta in October. We just a little bit ready for a break and where can you go for a break where it's sunny in in october is is malta so we, we flew over to malta and as we were flying over in the compartment in front of us on the seat there's a little sort of tray basket thing that has pamphlets in and in the pamphlet we looked through what the events were going on in malta that week and it just happened to be a ufo conference with people like um can you remember who was there at the ufo conference
1: yeah, colin andrews as well colin andrews
0: yeah he he's a big big thing with crop circles and with um sunspots and you know all the all the stuff there was some really top speakers right there wasn't there yeah it
1: was really interesting i mean we went there one day didn't we and uh we were there for the whole day we weren't intending to be there for the whole day but it was so interesting at least we stayed there and we got in the second day as well we were supposed to <laughs> pay quite a lot of money to get in there but uh, we sort of managed to talk to the lady on the door and she was interested in us and yeah we, we got in actually free
0: which but the, <laughs> the malta conference was very much about talking about people's experiences and the things that go on and i don't think it's a coincidence that they chose malta because malta is um in the mediterranean it's one of the deepest ports that you get in that area and because you've got a lot of seaports that are deep deep harbors if you like there could well be a lot of alien bases underneath the sea because this is where most of the alien bases are located in in deep water, off the coasts around different um, countries. Um, California's got an alien base, apparently, according to Timothy Good, and also Malta. And it may well explain why Malta is one of those places that you're more likely to encounter alien life, because we we did encounter several different aliens on the island during the time we were there we were there about seven days i think and those those seven days i think we had two encounters one in the shop Mm. where we went in and there was a, a very very human looking guy dark skinned uh but he was just wandering around he wasn't really doing anything and you know there's nothing unusual about that apart from the fact that as soon as i asked in my mind are you an alien the guy left really quickly. So it, it goes to show that the telepathic communication can be actually a, an indication that these people aren't from Earth, they're, they're extraterrestrial life. the The thing that that brought me back to was my first experience with an alien life form, which was in a hotel in London. and I was only eighteen, and I was sat in the foyer waiting to be served. And there was a guy sat across the room from me in a, in a chair reading a newspaper. And he looked, he was very tanned. He was dark. He had no hair. And I just said in my mind, if, if you're an alien, please scratch your nose. So he did. And I asked again in my mind just to repeat it, and he did. And because I was so young, I left very, very quick. I didn't actually look back. I just got out of my chair and kept walking very fast. It scared the living daylights out of me because I didn't expect the reaction that I got. I'm more prepared now. So when I actually see something that's uh, a little bit unusual, I'm a bit more sort of grown up about it. I don't run away. But it just goes to show how easy it is if we know what we're looking for to actually see aliens amongst us. And the most common place you'll, you'll see them is in the, on public transport. Because they, I'm sure, they use public transport to get around. So you could be sat on the bus, and they could actually be sat next to you, and you wouldn't really know it unless you could actually sense or feel or look at their aura, because their aura is a little bit different to yours and mine's. There's a lot, lot whiter. You know, human auras tend to be orange, whereas alien auras tend to go in a little bit sort of um, lighter colour. So there is slight differences we can pick up. And that was the same in Malta, wasn't it, Alison? Because after the conference and we had our holiday and we had quite a good time going around the streets of Valletta and looking through all the the different histories and Templars and all the caves and all the history that Malta has to offer, we got on the plane to fly home. And what happened as we flew over the alps can you remember
1: Oh gosh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we were looking out over all the, the lovely snow-capped mountains and suddenly it was almost like whoosh we saw this sort of disc-shaped thing go as fast as it possibly could and there were two We think
0: they were RAF planes following directly behind. Do you remember that? Yeah, no, they're F-11s. Yeah, the the first thing we saw was the the disc, and I thought, well, that's a bit strange. And it just sort of went past the window and over the wing of the past the plane, and then literally ten seconds later, these two F-11s followed, and they were really close. That you could actually see the planes really close to the to the aeroplane that we were in, and just thought, well, come on. You know, the Alps are beautiful. You, 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 if you've ever flown over the Alps, you'll know how pretty. that they, they look fabulous as you fly over. It's a real sight to see. They go for miles and miles. But the UFO was gone, and the planes that followed it were gone. Literally, it was a 10-second incident that was a little bit, a little bit strange and something you're not really expecting when you're on a commercial flight flying from Malta into England. But it was something that just finished the holiday. It was almost like the coincidence that we happened to be in Malta at the same time as the UFO conference, and Mm. people talking about the things that we were interested in. Then meeting aliens on the island, or or seeing aliens there as well. And then flying home, and there's more UFOs. It, It felt like we were destined to be in that place to explore those things and personal experience i don't care what anyone goes through but your personal experience of seeing these things can be amazing because once you've seen them for yourself you know that they exist there's nobody else that can tell you that they don't so the actual encounters that you have are what makes you feel that you want to learn more and more and more and it's very obvious that we're not alone. It's very obvious that there are many different types of aliens in the universe. In fact, it would be more remarkable if we were the only planet, wouldn't it? If we were just alone in the whole cosmos and what a waste the rest of space would be. You look up in the sky, billions and billions of stars. What a waste. Why would they all exist if there was nothing else? So it makes sense to think that we have, And we will be a part of a galactic community. And that's what's coming to the fore more and more. But while we're looking at aliens and we're we're thinking about the aliens that are around, we must be aware that our consciousness is a part of being able to accept those intelligences around us. Because I'm sure that a lot of the communication is through consciousness And a lot of the the work that we do as psychics is consciousness. If you think about it, clairvoyance, clairaudience, it's all about how you interpret your consciousness. You know, astral travel, remote viewing is all consciousness. So if they are as advanced as they are, if they can actually fly interstellar and fly spaceships all the way across the universe and come and visit Earth, then their intelligence their consciousness must be expanded as well and it may well be that a part of what we're doing now is slowly being become aware of the fact the presence of other intelligent life that can express how they're feeling through their actions through their their actual intelligence and that's really what it's about isn't it Alison
1: oh gosh definitely experience you, you can't really you know you, you can't buy experience you've just got to be there and sometimes it's the right moment right the right time um and certainly we were very privileged to we were in malta especially to see what we saw um never take it for granted
0: no and we, we have to remember that aliens come in different forms and different sizes different shapes the I think the main constructive part of them is the planets that they are actually born on and the gravity the planet has. So like on earth, we have the gravity we have. So we are the shape and the size that we are. The tall whites, they have very little gravity on their planet. So they can grow tall and slender and they can be very brittle because there's no pressure on them. Um, There's other aliens that apparently – are known about there's there's plenty of them around apparently there's the little squat ones are around about two three foot tall and they're very chinese looking well that makes you wonder doesn't it how much interaction they've had on this planet because there's so many different cultures on our planet so many different races which part of that is human are we hybrids are we part alien part human are there are some parts of our humanity here that are purely terrestrial. Or are we a mixture of DNA between the different races that we come across nowadays in, in the modern knowledge? So much going on. The, the gravity does affect how you grow. So it would make sense that, for instance, the, the small greys, they, they have very tiny bodies, very thin necks and very large heads, well, they wouldn't survive on this planet because the necks wouldn't be able to hold the head, whereas our necks are really quite square, and and we can survive the gravity. So I think that aliens look like where they come from because of the gravity in their planets, and that's what we actually are up against, understanding that. Is there anything you want to say about anything else, Alison, before we we close this particular podcast?
1: Um, Yeah, going back to what you said about, obviously, tall whites, greys, you know, the the, the Chinese, the the, the stocky ones here. I don't know. How how long would they stay here before they have to go back to where they've come from?
0: Okay. The possibility is they might just live here permanently. They might be observing Mm. us. Um, we will be very interesting to watch because our culture will be evolving at a rate maybe their culture did millions of years ago. These these beings could be a lot lot more advanced in in age than what we've ever been. So we could be billions of years behind them. Their technology certainly points to them being very very clever and having got technology that they've survived. They've actually managed to get through the the bit where the Earth, for instance, is very vulnerable to asteroids and to floods. In, in the things like that killed the dinosaurs, we have to evolve into a place where we're technologically able to cope with actually knocking out an asteroid or sorting out a tsunami or an earthquake. So they must have got through that in their own technological stages of life, and they must have grown into a, a space-faring race. The fact that they come and live here would mean that they may well dedicate their lives to just living in amongst us or the sound of it there's plenty of activity out there they may come and go as well so they're obviously here to study and there's not just one type of alien here there's probably up to you know hundreds different types of aliens all looking at us all studying us and it's no wonder that other things come out like we, we hear rumors that there's a there's an extraterrestrial terrestrial space force and that is actually talking about aliens and humans working together and actually monitoring the earth and protecting the earth on spaceships now that has been something that people have touched upon and there has been information released or leaked about that but we never really get the full picture because what we're told is only really what they want us to know. But it wouldn't surprise me if we're interacting with aliens, and this is a part where they come, they go, some live, some don't, but they are definitely a part of us, and they've probably been a part of us throughout our creation. So they've been here as long as we've been here, and maybe even longer. Who knows how old the Earth is, for instance? Nobody really knows, we can only guess. And there's so many different types of theories about what the Earth is. I heard the other day that someone was claiming that the Earth wasn't actually solid in the center, that it was plasma. Now, as soon as I hear the word plasma, I think about orbs and intelligent plasma. Well, orbs that are really, really concentrated energy is also a life form that we're very interested in. So it may not be just be that we know life forms like us that are flesh and blood or that are actually mortal or made up from skin and bones and different organs there might well be aliens out there extraterrestrials that are just pure energy and that may be uh, an explanation into orbs so we never really know until we start to examine but orbs is a subject for another day I think, as, as alongside crop circles and time travel and some of the other mysteries of reincarnation and past lives that we're going to go into on this podcast. Myself and Alison are going to discuss some of the most um, interesting and intriguing subjects that we can actually come across in our daily work as writers and as psychics. We, we find that we're all the time coming across something new, and I'm sure that Alison's got things that she would like to discuss as well. So there's going to be a time for that. But at this moment, we're going to end this podcast on aliens. We thank you all for listening. Alison, have you got any final words you'd like to say before we go? No,
1: thank you. It's all been quite informative. I've learned a little bit as well in the last uh, 20 minutes too. Um, So, no, it's, uh, it's all good. And the podcast, I think, in the next few weeks yeah should be really good to
0: listen to yep and if you've got anything you want to come and talk to us about any questions you want to ask just come onto the site and leave your questions we're really happy to answer remember if you want to go onto the website it's MindSite, site which is m y n d s i t e dot org and you can come and chat to us leave me a message or send me a message over over the website or come on to the podcast and leave us a comment of what you think about this have you've got any ideas of yourself have you had encounters of aliens have you had some question that you're not sure about something paranormal happened to you do you live in a house that's haunted you know there's there's so much stuff that you can interact and over the coming weeks we will endeavor to answer any questions or anything that you have on your mind that may be interesting for you so and you can do that either by leaving us that question and we'll answer it or we'll actually write back to you in person in the in the meantime i think that we've now come to the end of this particular podcast thank you all for listening and it's goodbye from myself and it's goodbye from Alison.
1: bye-bye thank you